Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my wonderful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today, we are delighted and excited to have a guest on the podcast for all of you. We have Kelly Barker, the founder of Prep Your Skin. And we've already sort of posted this on Instagram, and so many of you know these products from Target. And that's the keyword, Target, because we get to dive in deeper with Kelly about her amazing clean product line, Prep Your Skin, and how she got into Target and how that's going for the business. So Kelly, welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. Hey, hey, happy to be here today. We're excited to have you. So tell, tell our listeners a little bit about you. What's, who are you? What's your background? <laughs> yes. So Prep Your Skin is a clean beauty line, really focused on specialty baths. So bath salts and body wash, body scrub, body lotion, all that good stuff. And then we have fun curated gift sets, especially around holiday time. We are in about 1,200 Target stores now. Um, we do a lot of in and out programs with them and that's seasonal business. So we did a Mother's Day program. We've done holiday 2017, 18. We're ramping up for 2019. So it's just been a really fun journey um, throughout the last six years. Fantastic. So how? So you started in Target in 2017. What were you doing before then? Yes. Well, um, I was actually in the corporate world for 15 years, the latter half with JP Morgan Chase. So I learned a a whole bunch in the corporate world. Um, I was in account management and mortgage uh, banking. So really got to learn how to run meetings, look at financials, budgeting, really helping customers um, with their strategic initiatives. So it was just a really good foundation for entrepreneurship. And I left that space to actually start a skincare line for girls. So that's how we got started was Prep Cosmetics. And so it was all around um, kind of basic beauty for teens and tweens. And we opened up a retail store in a mall, and that was very much a journey. Um, We did that for two years and really to try to understand who was our customer, what's the repeat business. So we did a lot of data mining and really trying to understand what are the products that are selling the most. And what we found were um, skincare was doing well, but what was knocking it out of the park was all the fun giftable pieces. So bath bombs and bath salt and body wash. So it was really interesting to see how anytime in the beauty world, if you have a lot of education around a product, it just takes a lot longer to build versus the easy, you don't have to explain it. It's a grab and go. It's your bestie gift, the girlfriend gift, the volleyball squad gift. So it was fascinating to see how what we started out with is not where we are today. And we actually got a phone call in um, February of 2017. We had reached out to Target back in 15 and 16, but then in 17, they actually reached out to us all around the bath component. And that's really where we just fundamentally shifted our business in 2017. 
That's amazing. So let's dig back into that. Okay. That transition to entrepreneurship. So the concept of skincare for teens and tweens, what, what prompted that? How did you just, you know, you were sitting there one day and you're like, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Well, let me back up even further. So in 2005, my husband and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa. And we were really big and we still are in charitable pieces, but we were raising money to help build an orphanage in Uganda. And on that mountain, which is kind of funny because it's, it's, I don't know, it's like reflecting back. It's like, I was on the mountain and now I'm on the mountain, (laughs) Um, but I was climbing the mountain and once you get to the top, it's awesome. Right. But you have to walk a day and a half to get back down. So you have a lot of free time to talk. So all in all, it's about a six day journey. And I was telling my husband, I just said, I don't know what it is, but I know I want to do something different. And, you know, I've always kind of had this entrepreneur bug and my husband is a financial planner. So he's like, well, let's just plan for it. So we got back to the States and we actually set up, it was called Kelly's special biz account. And we just started putting money in it. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't even have kids at the time. And then I had my daughter in 2007 and we moved from Seattle back to Texas. I kept thinking like, I want to get out of the corporate world, but didn't just didn't know what that thing was. And then one day it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks where I wear sunscreen every single day, but I was only putting it on my daughter at the pool, at the beach. And basically when it was hot and sunny outside, right? Like it's soccer, but she needs to wear it every day. And so that's kind of what spurred this whole, let's find something that's fun and young and playful and it's clean ingredients. And there just wasn't much, if at all, out on the marketplace. So that's where the idea spurred from. My husband thought I was crazy. He was like, what do you mean you're going to leave your big corporate job? Um, and we had planned for it. So, you know, I quit my big job, kind of just dove head in, realized very quickly our cash burn rate was going to be very high. So um, likely needed some more cash. And when I quit, I actually was getting offers from other companies like, hey, come work for us. And one of them was my old colleague. And he said, just come work for us, Barker. And I said, well, I would really love to, but I'm, I'm going to do this other thing. I'm going to try. And he's like, no, 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 like just do that on the side. And I thought, you know what? Like maybe I will because we have to build a website and do all the formulation. So I actually went back to the corporate world for one year and took every dollar from that and put it into the business. So it was, it was, it was a very interesting time because my son at the time was 14 months old too. So oh, yeah. A little crazy. It was 20 hour days. It was crazy. New moms, they they yes. could hear like I will keep doing it and I yes. will do it all. Yes. Um, okay, so you so you went back to the corporate world. You came out with this line, and then how? At what point did you decide you were going to do a brick and mortar in a mall? Like, because that's a really big jump too in terms of investment. Yes. yes. So um, I quit my big job in 2014, and 2015 we physically rolled out. Right. So it took about 18 months to formulate and build a website and all that stuff. 15, it was sort of like, we're going to build it. They will come and nobody came. And we just tried to figure out like, what are we going to do? Like, we're going to run out of money. Nobody knows who we are. I don't really want to go back to the corporate world. And so we thought about maybe we'll open up just sort of like a small kind of open concept, not a kiosk, not like a cart, but a bigger space. The space was about 600 square feet. It was super adorable. So we just decided, let's just do it and see what kind of reaction we get and see, do we need a pivot? Like, does this idea work? Right. Um, 
because all the market research told us that it would work. But as everybody knows, like it's really hard to build a brand, right? It's really hard. So we did that for two years. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like it was really hard, a lot of dark days. You know, when you're open 12 hours a day, every day, seven days a week, and you get fined if you don't open. And as much as I love teenagers, they don't always show up um, or they get lots of flat tires. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I mean, I probably worked at the mall anywhere from 50 to 60 hours a week. And plus, you know, you're still doing all the administration stuff, right? So you're doing payroll and you're doing taxes. And so it was, you're doing product development. So it was, it was a really dark time, but it would not trade it for the world because it's all those many steps that add up to the big steps, right? Um, so in 2015, you said that you reached out to Target. How did you reach out to them initially then? I think it was a friend of a friend of a friend's brother worked there in like home goods or some piece of it. And so somehow I got an email and sent it over and very quickly he responded back saying, listen, you know, you're really small and kind of like nobody knows who you are. I'll send it over to the buyer, but you're probably not going to get a call back. And so, you know, we did that a couple of times and it was sort of like, now we had the whole mall piece and it was just, it was a little chaotic at that point. So we just kind of said, you know what, let's just rest for a little bit and let's really grow this piece and see what do people really love? Because at the time we were looking at the skincare component, right? Not at the specialty bath. So with Target, there's lots of different buyers, like pretty much every aisle you go on is a different buyer. And so then we, it was actually, uh, his name was Kevin, reached out to us and said, hey, we work directly with Target via LinkedIn, by the way, we would love to talk. And of course you get those a lot, right? Or often. And it's like, okay, you really just want to take my money. You're going to tell me it's like $4,000 a month and we might be able to get you in and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, but we ended up having a conference call and it was the real deal. And he's like, listen, the buyer reached out to us. They're looking for X, Y, and Z. We think you're a great fit. Um, and within, I think three weeks, I was on a plane to Minneapolis, met with the buyer. It was all seemingly going really well. Um, and this was just for our bath salts. And then she said, by the way, do you think you could make something for holiday 2017? I'm like, absolutely. But in my head, I'm doing the math. Like, okay, it's the end of March and we have to ship in October, right? Nationwide. So we have to like get moving if we're going to get packaging and logistics and all of that, right? Formulation. And we ended up doing it and it was wonderful. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a big process. And mind you, like at the time, like it was just me, right? I mean, I had some staff helping at the store, but not really. So in the mornings I would work at WeWork and then I would go to the store. I would man the store. Then I would come back to the WeWork then I'd put the kids to bed. Then I'd go back on the laptop. Like it was a crazy time, crazy time. And just for reference, so the audience knows, um, you're in Texas, right? Dallas, yes, you said? Dallas. Okay. So Target. Because this is a big mystery for so many people, and a lot of times people they it's not it's not as accessible. Like you knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that kind of got you there, but what, who actually reached out to you was more of a rep, right? Like a brand. Yes, rep. yes, a rep. So, do you feel like if you were giving suggestions to other people that thought that they wanted to get in Target, that they most likely need to find that middleman, like the brand rep, to broker the deal and make the introductions? 
Yes, I think the reps are great. There are a lot. And the reason why I was intrigued by this particular one is they only repped Target, right? So they're not repping Kroger or Walmart or other people. They Their whole business is built on Target and they literally sit one block over from Target headquarters. So that intrigued me because it was sort of like their, their investment is just as big as mine, right? They want it to work because they don't have 57 different retailers that they're working for. I mean, clearly they have multiple lines, but I mean, I feel like them coming after us was a little bit easier too, because they already knew that they wanted the product versus me cold calling each rep. Right. Um, So I think you kind of have to find that blend of what works best for you and who's really going to represent you and help you because at the end of the day, we are paying them a commission. Right. And you know, it's a hefty commission. So you need to make sure that they're working just as hard for you as you're working as hard on the business. Absolutely. And then, okay. So another thing for fashion, I know with fashion, you have to have your product made and target approved manufacturing facilities. Did it have to be made somewhere that target approved? Did they have to inspect? How does it work with the body care? Sure. So it's a little bit different. It depends on whether you, the brand will be sitting on the shelves at Target or whether you're going to private label and the name on the package is Target, right? So if on the back it says distributed by Target, you know, blah, 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 that has to be an approved factory. So they actually do on-site factory audits. If it's a national brand, so if, you know, Prep Your Skin is sitting on the shelf and it says distributed by Prep Your Skin, we are stating in the contract that we are up to code on all of the factories. So they're not doing an audit factory by factory. That's good to know because I never knew what that sort of conversion was between other brands outside if they also had to be audited. So as long as you're yeah. compliant. And the private label piece is really interesting. We're, we're working on some things with that right now. Um, it's really a completely separate business line for Target. So it's a different buyer. It's there. You have a sourcing manager, like it's so vastly different from a national brand, which has been really interesting to kind of learn that piece of the business. And so what have you seen come from your partnership with Target? The snowball effect of other things happening? I mean, we're still little fish, right? So we're still swimming upstream. Um, I definitely target gives us leverage with the consumer. The other thing that target does for us is that it gives us leverage with other buyers at other retailers. And I would say that that's been our biggest lift. So when we go to different shows, you know, trade shows or whatnot, the buyers know because they're always doing what's called comp shop. Like they're always looking at who are the brands sitting on the different shelves in the different retailers. So that's been our biggest lift is from the other retail buyers. Cause once you're in with a national, it never going to say it's easy, but it's a little bit easier or you have more credibility to get into the next one and to get into the next one. So we're working on three more that um, we're launching in 2020. Now they're much smaller than target, but they're still really great retailers. So are you selling to any small sort of boutiques or have you really gone national or large, large businesses? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So in the beginning, when we were skincare for girls, we attempted to do the boutique model and we thought that that was really going to be great. Um, 
here's the issue is if you're only selling, let's just say a dozen units at a time per product and you're shipping and you're managing the account, it just gets really cumbersome unless you're going through a distributor, right? So unless you have a distributor who's repping you, that's one avenue. But if you're doing it by yourself, it, it's, the math is virtually impossible to make it work unless you have such large margins and unless you have people who are, the feet are really on the ground, right? And they're just going door to door. What we found, what we do really well is really about 300 doors or 300 stores and up is really our specialty. Once you get to a thousand stores and up, it becomes easier because now you're just scaling, right? Because if you're shipping 12 units or if you're shipping, you know, a hundred thousand units, it's the same trucking piece. So that piece we have found for scalability, we actually really enjoy working with about 400 stores and up just gives us easier leverage and you're not having to build out this entire team of people who were just shipping from, you know, mom and pop shop to mom and pop shop. Right. And, and as far as pricing structure goes, does, does target, for instance, Amazon, you have to be at one point, you had to be selling at the lowest on there, uh, which they don't do anymore. But is there some pricing structure that they do outside of what is industry standard? Every retailer does it differently. So that has been really interesting. Every contract is different. So I would highly recommend if you're starting to go to retailers, um, especially kind of the smaller to mid-size, make sure you're reading over their contracts. Same with the distributors. You absolutely need legal counsel for distributors to make sure that you're signing what you understand and what what the intention is of it. Um, So for example, like CVS, you pay for shipping. Target, it depends on what you negotiate. Some of them, you have to pay for the chargeback. So when the customer returns it to the store, you have to pay for it. Others, you don't. Like everything is negotiable. Like I do want people to understand. Like people think they give you this contract or they tell you, like, it has to be, I'm making this up, they have to make 70% margin on it. Everything's negotiable, guys. Everything. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, if it's a $10 product and they want to buy it for $3, it's okay for you to talk about, you know, here's why I can't sell it to you for $3. Or if I'm going to sell it to you for $3, I'm not going to pay all the markdowns at the end of the holiday season or whatever it may be, right? Like you need to make sure that you're making money off of this and that you are limiting your risk. I love that. I cannot say that enough. Like make sure you know the worst possible case financial risk that you were taking. And you so, said that you hired a lawyer, right? Yes. We have a counsel. I, you know, mm-hmm. nothing bad has ever happened. It's more of, I'm not a legal, you know, guru. And I want to make sure that we are covered, um, on everything from, you know, markdowns to shipping to, um, audits, let's say, for example, to just, just making sure that it's really, we understand what the retailer is trying to do and vice versa. Right. And, and if not, then we just get on the phone and we have a conversation. And yeah. like I said, I mean, we obviously to talk to counsel at target, we didn't do, but for some of these other smaller ones we have, and we especially have for one, we've only done one distributor so far, but I mean, we were on the call with them for an hour and a half because what they were trying to do was like, Oh, that's not your intention. Okay. Now I understand the contract. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I've sold to Macy's before and like the book that they send you is 
I mean, a textbook. Overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think such a, a plus side to having a representative as a part of your team, like somebody who is that middleman is that they've done it before. So they can tell you what's normal and not normal, especially in this learning curve at that very beginning, like that first meeting you had, you probably didn't know all the things. And now, you know, a little bit more and a little bit more. And then, like you said, you have weight in the industry now that you can negotiate. Um, have you said no to anyone? Like any you have? Okay. Yes. You know, that's the thing people need to understand is you need to make a profit we're here to make a profit, right? Um, and so don't do a project just because, oh, I want to do this project to get into X retailer, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're taking all the risk and if it doesn't sell and now you're in the hole, they will come back and you will get an invoice for twenty, fifty, hundred thousand $100,000. Like it, it's, it's automatic, it's, right? It's systematic. It's not like the buyer sending it to you. It's all automated. So like you have to be prepared for that. And if you're not, don't do the deal. Yeah. I love um, that you, and we tell our clients this too, but I love that you are directing people on your website that they are available at Target. So even though you can sell direct to consumer on your website and that you could probably make more money selling direct to the customer, you are sending traffic to Target because like you're saying, we don't know your deal. We're not asking you your deal, but let's just say, for example, there was like chargebacks, which chargebacks are when if things go on sale, they will actually charge you the difference in the price that they bought it for and how much they lost in the sale. So that's what Kelly's saying about getting a $50,000 bill back from someone you just sent stuff to. Um, and so by sending traffic to these distributors, it only helps your business in terms of like the long the long term of it. So I just wanted to point that out if anyone ends up on your site that you are sending your customers to Target as well as if they want to buy it from you directly. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's important also when you're working with retailers is to let them know, you know, we want to drive traffic to the stores, right? And, you know, especially the Targets or the CVSs or whoever else, because they are directly competing against Amazon, right? So they want traffic to come to their store. And at the end of the day, guys, if it sells off the shelf, it just makes you look better, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like all day long, I would rather go to big box retailers than to go to our site. Um, now, sometimes we'll have stuff on our site that Target doesn't have, or sometimes your local Target doesn't have. So, I mean, absolutely, we'd love for you to buy it on our site. But just remember that this really is a partnership between the company and the retailer. Um, one thing I really like about your brand is that a lot of our listeners think that social media is the one way to do things, the only way. Your Instagram presence actually is only not saying only, I'm just saying compared to national brands, it's at 2,800 people. And I love that because it's more so showing that you can still do big business and not have this huge social media following that you're leaning on and you think that is the end all be all. Um, the social media piece has been pretty tough for us because we're a really small team. And I think when you're selling to big box retailers and when you go from, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars revenue a year to a couple million dollars revenue in a year, your business fundamentally shifts and all of a sudden, like you have a lot to do. And it's been interesting because we have hired several different social media, um, you know, women and we've even freelanced some. 
and it's, they've all just been really flaky, which makes my heart so sad because it's like, we're wanting that like one awesome superstar who can really be part of our team who wants to, you know, grow in this journey with us. And that piece of it has been really hard. So I mean, candidly, like I'm the one who does all the social media, which I mean, you know, I wear a lot of hats, but part of it is, is, you know, at the point that we're at now, like I should not be doing that. Right. And I think what has worked for us is even though, you know, we're tiny, we only have that 2,800, they're all pretty invested in us. Like they either know someone on the team or they've been part of our journey from when we were skincare line for girls over. So I think it goes back to what you said, Mina, which is it doesn't really matter what the number is. I mean, we could go buy followers if we wanted to, but I will never do that because it needs to be organic and authentic, but it's like, you can still have your little tribe of, you know, 2,800 or less that can still really influence out there. Right. You can really talk about the brand so that it's, it's worked for us, but we know that we have to grow. So if you know any of the good little social media people <laughs> or marketing, let them, they're going to be knocking way. down your door now. Good, good. I really want them to live in Dallas. So okay. Local. Um, but that's, I mean, we just want to push that because and, and, and thank you for being vulnerable and talking about it and telling us about it because same with us, we also only have a couple thousand followers, but we are so engaged with them. And like you said, they are the tribe initially to sort of, to build from there. And obviously like as things grow, we'll grow plus social media right now, you do have to pay, you know, um, have you done Facebook ads yet? We did some around holiday and some around mother's day, we need to be doing evergreen paid, you know, just year round. We will get there as soon as I have, you know, um, that person in place. So I feel really good about it, but you know, I think consumers have so many things coming at them all the time. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in like the next 24 to 36 months, because I think ads, they've got to go out somehow. It's got to change somehow, right? Because it's just, it's just information overload all day, every single day. So I'm excited to see what's next in the world. I actually, I want to say though, like you don't need to do any of these things because that's, I think that's what we're trying to say. I mean, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have a business, you're selling to target. I mean, these are like hashtag goals for people and (laughs) then all these other potential vendors that are coming. And so that's the thing, like if you never focused on, I mean, it'll grow. But if you didn't focus on it, you didn't do ads, we're just trying to share that there are other ways to making those, those financial goals and building a business and having a team and, and all these things that we don't have to do all the things that everybody says that you need to do. Absolutely. And I would also say, is that the best use of your money? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're spending, you know, even if it's $500 a month, like, could you spend that $500 a month to go do insert X, Y, or Z? Right. So, um, yes, I absolutely am with you on that. Like that was not our strategic initiative. It was other ways of having, of being able to get into the retailers. And like I said, had we never done the mall journey, we would, I I am confident we would still not be in target. Like it, it was just, it was brutal. It was very humble. It, but it got us to where we needed to be. Right. Right even if you want to collaborate with Target and even if you get the deal, like make sure it's the right deal. Mm. Like don't sell your soul. Right. (laughs) Because I mean, really like there is a lot of financial risk and I think people don't understand that. And I think people also need to know, you know, for example, if you're doing a very short season with them, if you have a four week set, right, it's only going to be on the shelf for four weeks. 
are all 1200 stores going to set on day one? Because what happens if they don't? What happens if, if they take eight days to set? Well, now your four weeks is down to three weeks. And so now your sell through rate is likely going to be less. So it's Mm -hmm. like people need to really think through that. Um, It's great that you do the deal at headquarters, but how are, what's the store execution like, right? And that's for every retailer. I mean, not target specific, but just an example of you you have to really think about those things. And I don't know that there's a workshop that really teaches entrepreneurs that you just go through it, right? It just becomes an experience. And then you look back and you're like, wait a minute, should I would have could have, right? And so it's like, how do you mitigate that risk up front? Yeah. So let's, let's move on to talking about the products. Sure. Sound good. All right. So they're clean. Um, tell us a little bit. So you, you started the teen products, you converted over cause you saw that people, so you saw the data, right? What people were buying, what they were spending their money on was the data of what products you should continue with. Cause I think so many times entrepreneurs and creatives, they want to do what they want to do. what feeds their soul. And then ultimately what sells isn't always what feeds your soul. So tell us about that, like converting over the product and then now the product line that you have and maybe what you're going to do with it. Sure. So, um, you know, skincare for girls was very near and dear to my heart, right? Because I have a daughter and I just thought if we could get them on a routine, it would be great. But what we found out is they're kids and like, we're still asking them if they brush their teeth, right? So <laughs> to get them to consistently wash their face and wear their sunscreen. And like at the end of the day, that's a really hard sell. And there's a lot of education behind it versus, you know, body wash or bath salts or any of that kind of, I'm going to use it every day and it's fun. It was such an easy sell and we didn't even have to pitch it. Right. So we didn't have to educate around it. And so it was just, you know, I was heartbroken because part of me really believed like we, we need to do this. Like everybody needs to know about this. But then the other part was like, but we don't want to run out of cash either. And so it's like entrepreneurs need to be okay with pivoting when it's necessary, right? Is, you know, maybe we just sidebar the skincare for girls for a while and maybe we come back to that at some point. But like right now, this is what the market is bearing and we need to just run with that, right? Um, and, you know, part of it was all about clean for us. What we also saw in mass retailers is this need for clean, right? And Because a lot of times you'll find clean beauty, but it's $20, $30, $40, and not everybody wants to spend that. And so we really found out this formula of like, how do we, you know, navigate this to mass retailers and have it be priced affordably to where everybody can participate in the product. And so I think that was a real win for us. And I think it was a real win for Target. As a matter of fact, like Target just came out with their clean beauty icon, which is sulfate free, paraben free and phthalate free. So there's all these things that I think the market was just kind of telling us to go to. And we just went there and we were kind of an early adopter of that. Um, And more and more retailers are coming to that um, too. So for example, like in, um, 2020, we are launching in Wegmans, which is kind of an East Coast retailer. It's smaller. They've got about 100 stores, but they're really ramping up their clean beauty. And so we were one of their first thoughts. So I think it's just figuring out what really works and then navigating to that and making it your own, right? Um, One of the things that we're really good at is 
gift sets. So we love gift sets. We love holiday. We love Mother's Day. So that's always really fun for us. That's where we can get a little more creative and a little more fancy. And then, you know, really just seeing what else can we create, you know, do we look at a shampoo line? Do we look at a conditioner? So it's been interesting to see people will email us and they're like, make this, make that. And so it's really starting to understand from our customers, what is it that they're looking for? And if it's already in the marketplace and we can't make it better or make it our own, we don't want to just create a product. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's always very thoughtful behind it. Yes. I love Wegmans too. I've never been to one besides when I'm on a conference and it blew my mind how cool that place was. And it's just a grocery store. Yeah. It's really, um, <laughs> really neat place. Um, so one of the questions we like to ask, and we ask this to all the men and the women that are on the podcast is, um, if you don't mind sharing behind the scenes of your day what or your week, what kind of help do you have behind the scenes? Do you do all by yourself, you know, with the kids, with the home, everything? Sure. So work-wise, I have a team. They're amazing. They happen to be all women. Um, It's been so fun to see how much we've grown. Um, Jen was really our first employee and I hired her in summer of 2018. So right, you know, just after a year and she was actually a kindergarten teacher. So for all of the women and men out there who are teachers who maybe want to venture out, it's really hard in the corporate world because so many people don't take teachers as, you know, I don't even know the word Jen says it all the time, but as, um, I guess as serious as they should, but teachers have this like awesome skill set where they're managing their time. They're resourceful. They have lots of different personalities that they have to manage. So it's just been so good to see, how much Jen has really like come in and she's done, she does a lot of research for us and a lot of supply chain management. Cause that's really difficult. It's the other thing I could have a whole podcast on supply chain. Um, and then we hired Regina very shortly after that. And she does all of our shipping and logistics. So lots of help. We have a, a designer that's full time. He's been with me since the very beginning, kind of on and off, but now pretty much full time. So it's just been really wonderful work-wise. The team is set. For home. So it's just my husband and me and the two kids and we really divide and conquer. So he is amazing. Um, he is at least 50% or more parenting. Um, and it works for us. So he takes our son to school every day and picks him up. I take my daughter. They're both in after school programs. So while we don't have a nanny, we, you know, we don't have a lot of help. We have kind of our system down And I didn't have a housekeeper for the last seven years because I wanted to put every dime into the company. And so I finally just hired a housekeeper. So she comes every other Thursday, which is great. Um, And, you know, that was something that I really wanted to look at and say, like, yes, we could have afforded it, you know, a couple of years ago. But it was sort of like, I don't want to until I absolutely have to. And now it's sort of a treat for me. Like it's part of my health and wellness is to have her come and really help. But really it's just us. And then my mother-in-law, she's great. She'll take them, you know, on a Friday night or, you know, whenever we need some extra helping hands, but that's it. I mean, we're, we're pretty simple and every day looks different for me as an entrepreneur. I mean, some days I'm doing awesome podcasts. Some days I'm on the phone with the attorneys. Some days, you know, I'm doing supply chain management. So every day is just a little bit different. And that I think is what is so fun because you kind of never know what the day is going to entail. 
Awesome. Um, so we like to wrap up with some questions. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? You didn't tell us where you're headed. So where, where? do you see oh, yeah, yes. your brand going? Yes. yes. So um, we're actually working on kind of a sister line called Hello Skin, which is really interesting. Um, we actually found that when shoppers shop for themselves, they want the best and they want clean. So think like organic or, you know, grass-fed beef. But when they go to potluck or when they're feeding a football team, they go a little less. So what we found is maybe we don't need super, super duper, duper clean. Maybe we need more giftable. And so that's going to kind of pair in with prep your skin. So we'll have prep your skin all clean and then we'll have hello skin, which will still be somewhat clean and good, but a little less price point. So then that way it can be a little more giftable. You know, when you have to buy like seven teacher gifts, right? You don't always want to spend high dollar on that. So that's where we're headed, which is really fun. And then we have, and then we have three more retailers in 2020, which is great. So. That's so exciting. And we're going to be talking a lot about promotions and gift sets for the holidays. Um, I don't know when we're airing this exactly, but it just something to just keep in mind for everybody that gift sets, putting, you know, raising the dollar price on what you can sell to people where it's not just one singular product, but if you can package it into a gift set, then you're selling more to one customer. Is there anything you wanted to add into the podcast? Yes. So really quick advice. If you guys are good with that. Yes. So I've been, I've been thinking about this for a while because I get a question a lot, like, you know, what would you tell a new entrepreneur? What would you tell someone who wants to leave their corporate job and start their own you know, piece? And so the theme just is going to be think. <laughs> so I've got three things. So think about what you really want. Do you want a $1 million business, a $10 million business, a $100 million business? And then think about where you are in your season of life. Are you ready to take on a full-time business? What are your goals? What do you want to be with your kids every day after school? Do you want to drop them off every morning? Because if you do, and you want to be a $100 million business, you can't do both. I mean, it's just really, really hard. And I think sometimes we don't marry our goals together, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that you really have to think about. Because the first five years or more of a startup, I mean, it is a grind. It, You know, I was working no less than 100 hours a week. It was crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy. And then I would also think about who you are as a worker. The one thing that I have really reflected on and I've seen with very successful entrepreneurs is they all kind of have what I call this D and D model, which is discipline and they're a doer, right? So it's not a, Oh, I'm going to do it twice a week, right? It is a, I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to whatever for me it was, I'm going to drop my kids off and I'm going to get right to work and I'm going to work all day long on it, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to go get a latte with a friend and I'm going to go do yoga and I'm going to do wash. So I think you really have to think about doing and discipline in order to really build that business and thinking about it all the time is really what will lead up to success. It's all those little bitty steps that you take and all those choices that you make that will help you with a great outcome. Yeah. I, Love that. And we also say like consistent consistency. So it's not going to be perfect, but be consistent at something. And I love that you brought up the dollar amount because so many times like people who work with us in our masterminds or sign up for our courses, they tell us what they want to hit, but are they willing to do all the things that are going to get them there? And we have clients that are seven figure businesses that have said, I don't want to be 
a $15 million business. I want to be a $2 million business because I still want the lifestyle that I have. Because what do you say, Mina? Like um, what takes what takes to get from like 100,000 to 500,000 is different than 500,000 to a million. Like all uh-huh. the things that go into your business and your needs are different. It's It can come. It just may not have to come right now if you're not ready. Like you said, your season of life. Well, and also remember like a million dollar business, what kind of staff do you have to have for that? Can you run a hundred thousand dollar business and just be by yourself and do it three days a week, perhaps. Right. So it's sort of like, just because it's this, you know, lofty revenue goal, does that really make you the same amount of money or way more than what you're thinking? Uh solo because of the overhead. Um, okay. So let's jump into these questions. Uh, okay. Ready? Ready. All right. What is your coffee order? Oh, this is a good one. Um, decaf almond milk latte. Decaf. Do Do you drink caffeine? I do not drink caffeine. It's very odd. I stopped after college. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's bizarre. Like I totally challenged myself and then I just never went back. <laughs> you still get the coffee drink. So that's, that's yeah. good. <laughs> not good, but I mean like delicious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what is the favorite thing on your desk? Oh, favorite thing on my desk is my son drew me this cute little picture of the two of us holding hands. It's so cute with like little colored pencils. It's cute. cute. And then finish the sentence. When I pick up my phone, I smile because somebody's thought about me. Like I, you know, I'm getting notifications, whether it's a text or a call or an email. Sometimes they want money, right? Sometimes it's, <laughs> Sometimes it's an invoice, but I don't know, it makes me happy to hear from people. It's fun. That's what makes the world go around. I love that. So you wish you knew how to oh, sleep all night. I'm not a good sleeper. Oh, you get up God. earlier in the middle of the night. I just wake up randomly with so many thoughts in my head. Like I just oh my gosh, have a hard too. time shutting down. Yeah. And I refuse to like take anything for it. So I just, you know, it is what it is. Just manage. Just manage. Okay. So what was the last show you binge watched? Oh my gosh. You guys are going to laugh. The Brady Bunch with my kids. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 50th anniversary guys. Yes. Like they're doing some special on HTV. They've redone the house because That's the awesome. house has a lot of wood paneling in it. It's hilarious. Yes. We love that we've been watching. Amazing. I'm not a big TV person. Like I'm not, I don't watch much TV at all. So when I do, it's sort of like, I want us to all watch together. Cool. What should the title in your email signature actually say? Okay. So chaos coordinator, which Mm. that's actually Regina's job title. So I can't steal her job title. Um, Puzzle solver, which isn't that like an enigmatologist or something? (laughs) (laughs) Puzzles. That's what I do. Like entrepreneurship is one big puzzle and it's Mm -hmm. like 1 million pieces and you have to figure out how to put them all together. And God forbid one of them fall on the ground and you can't find the puzzle piece (laughs) (laughs) under the chair or wherever. But yes, solving puzzles is, that's what we do. Really good. And then do you have an alter ego or stage persona? No, but I mean, mean mom sometimes like when I ask my kids 27 times like bad cop and then I get this like weird voice and I'm like you just got me in the mean mommy mode and I don't like that so but no I mean kind of what you see is what you get from me I'm, I'm kind of the same all around my kids yesterday were like mom why are you so mad I was like because all you ever say to me is no well that or it's like mom 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 and Really? I heard you the first seven times. That you My daughter me. is always like, are you happy now or angry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this girl. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, they're so fun. They're so fun. <laughs> All right, Mina, it's you. Um, so you kind of already answered one of the questions, um, but you know, I'll I'll redo it. But um, the first one is, what is your favorite or most used emoji? Oh, pink heart for sure. The vibrating one. Yes. Um, and then what? It, what advice? We like to say that entrepreneur years are like dog years. What advice would you give to baby Kelly in her first years that you know now? So you already gave a little bit of advice, but think about how you specifically, I would like to. The dark days are really, really dark, but the bright ones shine so bright that it outweighs the dark. Like It's just a lot of dark days, but that you're capable and you can do this. Don't give up. Do not quit on a bad day. Don't. Don't quit on a bad day. I love that. So good. You're getting that pink vibrating heart emoji from me right now. <laughs> I use it all the time, all the time. I don't care whether you're young, old, boy, girl, whatever. You're getting a heart emoji. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kelly. So tell our listeners how they can connect with you and Prep Your Skin. Yes. So you can find us on social at Prep Your Skin. You can find us online at prepyourskin.com. And I guess you can email me, Kelly Barker at prepyourskin.com. And in all Target stores. Yes. For most. Yeah, well, it's kind of, they're fundamentally shifting over time because they're doing more target own brand, but for sure, holiday, some of the in and out programs for sure. Yes. And check out we your have, website. Yes. And then we've got Wegmans, we have Bartels in the visit Northwest and we're doing some fun stuff with Fred Meyer in the spring. And then we're doing some other fun stuff for Mother's Day. So we, ha- we have a lot, we have a lot of stuff going on. It's so fun. friends, awesome. this is your job, everyone. If you're listening, if you find prep your skin in the wild, take a picture Yes. And tag prep your skin and the product boss, and we will be so excited. And you'll get a little vibrating heart emoji from all of us. Yes, please do. <laughs> Thank you, guys. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, see you guys. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.